Good morning, and welcome to Easter at Home. We've been anticipating this service for quite some time. We've been praying for every single one of you that's watching right now. I'm just so excited. I wish I could hug you, shake your hand, give you a high five. We can't do that today, but I so appreciate that we can do this. And we are excited about what God's going to do in our Easter at Home service today. I also want to welcome you if you found our stream, or perhaps you were invited by somebody at Harvest, you just joined a watch party, whatever the case may be, hey, I want you to know that you belong at Harvest. We're so happy that you're a part of this stream with us today, and uh, we're going to jump right into our Easter at home service today. I want to ask the question, what makes today any different than any other day? What makes this Sunday different than any other Sunday? It's estimated today that 2.5 billion, with a B, billion, 2.5 billion people are celebrating worldwide this, uh, this day that we call Easter, Easter Sunday. Why is that? Why, why is this an important day? Well, as Christians, uh, a lot of people understand that kind of the two biggies, Christmas and Easter, <laughs> And maybe I should attend one of those. Hey, if that's you today, uh, we just we're so glad that you're a part of that and part of 2.5 billion people that are celebrating Easter today. But I really want to drive this home today as we have our Easter at home service. Uh, what is the emphasis? What is the importance of Easter today? Are we just looking back at an event that happened 2,020 years ago, or is it more than that? I want to I want to just kind of kind of make the point today that Easter isn't something that we look back at that happened, but in fact Easter is something that is happening, and I believe it's going to happen today. I believe that Easter is a powerful, powerful event. Not that happened, but a powerful event that's happening right now. In fact, it's going to take place during this dream as we have Easter at home. You know that the tomb of Jesus, Jesus died on what we call Good Friday, and then on uh, Easter Sunday morning, he rose, from the, he rose from the grave. And what makes Christianity different is that the tomb of Jesus is empty. He has risen. He's not there. Uh, There is no other religion that has as their logo an empty tomb. (laughs) That's our logo. That is what makes Easter so powerful. It's the resurrection power, the resurrection of power that's available to us today as we experience Easter, today Easter at home. That first Easter wasn't like Easter today that we're celebrating. And by that I mean they weren't celebrating. It was a very difficult day. The disciples didn't understand what had taken place. The Romans had killed Jesus. He was their only hope. He was their future. He'd risen, raised the people from the dead. He'd healed people. But Jesus was dead. And if Jesus could be killed, they could be killed. And they were fearing for their lives. And so the disciples are hiding behind locked doors. Jesus had been buried on Friday, but because of Jewish rituals and and Jewish traditions, it was Passover, and you couldn't take care of a dead person during Passover. And so Jesus, being a Jewish person, was placed into a borrowed tomb. The idea was that we'll just put him there for a few days, and after Sabbath has passed, we'll take care of his body on Sunday, and we'll, we'll care for his burial properly then. And so Jesus was put into this borrowed tomb. Well, the Romans 
we're afraid because of some conspiracy theories that go going around. Yes, there were conspiracists 2,020 years ago, just like there are all over social media today. You know who you are. <laughs> there were conspiracists that were talking about uh, stealing the body, and they're just going to make it up. And uh, this isn't really because uh, Jesus had claimed that he would be raised from the dead. And so the Roman guards placed a huge stone. In fact, estimates were that it was somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 pounds in front of the tomb as well as having uh, armed guards there as well. So that's kind of the context of that first Easter. As we pick up our story uh, here in Luke chapter 24, but early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking spices that they had prepared. So the context of the women heading for the tomb is that it's uh, the hours just before dawn, and so it's the coldest and the darkest moments before that day, that Easter Sunday, that first Easter would, uh, would begin, before the sun came up. It was, from their perspective, one of the most hopeless days that they had ever faced, the darkest day that they had ever faced, the coldest moment in their lives. You see, something had gone wrong. Not only had Jesus died, but with Jesus, their hopes for a bright future, their faith in what they thought was, was something great that was going to happen with Jesus uh, spending time with them on earth. But instead, Jesus had died, and something had died on the inside of these ladies as well. Maybe this Easter you feel exactly the same way. Maybe this is a cold and dark time for you. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe there's uncertainty in your home as you're self-isolating and you're trying to figure out this new normal that we're all trying to make sense out of. Maybe this Easter feels hopeless to you. Maybe you're in the dark. Maybe something has died on the inside of you today. Jesus can take what you think is the end and make it the beginning. Jesus can take what you think is the conclusion and begin to write an introduction to your story. I want to tell you today that Easter represents something that's taking place today, not what we're looking back at. And today, no matter how dark, how cold, how hopeless it feels for you, Jesus can make it a new beginning in your life. Well, the ladies had their burial spices. They had worked long and hard over the weekend in order to put all of these together so that they could come to the tomb now, wash his body, and properly prepare it for a Jewish burial. They had their burial perfumes that they were going to put on him. I'm kind of wondering, though, how the conversation went as they were heading for the tomb because they knew the stone had been placed in front of the tomb opening. So is it like, hey, how's your Zumba classes going anyway? <laughs> like, why do you ask? Well, how, how's your weightlifting class going? How much can you squat? I, I mean, 2,500, 3,000 pounds. What were they going to do when they got there? How were they going to move this huge boulder that, that was in the way of what they wanted to do? I bet there are people watching today that you have a boulder in front of your life today. You have something that's immovable in your life today. You have something so large that you couldn't move it if you wanted to. It didn't matter how, how strong these ladies were. 
This was an immovable situation. They were not going to be able to move that stone. They were not going to be able to go in and anoint the body of Jesus. There is probably something in the way uh, in your life today that requires something beyond yourself. And that really is what defines a miracle. And at Harvest, we believe that God is doing miracles today. A miracle is anything that needs God's intervention, anything that needs God's supernatural natural uh, reach from heaven to come into our situation and to do a miracle. We believe that God does miracles today. He's in the miracle business. I don't care how big the stone is that you're confronting today, God can move it. I want to share a story with you from a a couple that actually just recently sent this in to me uh, in the last couple of weeks. Their name is Henry and Judy, and I just love this couple. Many of you will know who Henry and Judy are. And this story is some years ago, and their now adult son was facing a very difficult time when he was 10 or 11 years old, and I'd like to just read the story to you. When my son was 10 or 11 years old, he had a cold and a fever, so we gave him an aspirin, and a little while later, he excused himself to go to the bathroom. Opening the door and walking in, he collapsed like a rag doll on the bathroom floor. Shocked, we ran, and we started to shake him, but he was unresponsive. I picked him up in my arms, but he was limp. His head was just hanging and had absolutely no movement. We put him in the car, and we rushed him to the hospital. They took him in right away and into a room, and a doctor began to treat him and to begin to order tests on him. After a while, the doctor came in to talk to us, and he said this, I'm very sorry to inform you but your son has RISE syndrome, and he's not going to last long. Now, just to save you some time Googling, because I had to do it, this is really the Google definition of RISE syndrome. The exact cause of RISE syndrome is unknown, but it most commonly affects children and young adults recovering from a viral infection. For example, a cold, flu, or chickenpox. In most cases, Aspirin has been used to treat their symptoms. So aspirin may be a trigger to rise syndrome. We'll pick up the story. We sat there speechless. You imagine hearing the news that your son has some kind of a rare syndrome that affects very few people but can be fatal in its nature and now being told it's probably fatal for your son or your daughter. Then Judy said, the Bible says that if any of you who are sick call the elders to pray, we, 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 should pr- we should call the pastor right now and ask him to pray. And so we did. It was late, but we called anyway. <laughs> pastor answered the phone, and he called the elders to pray. We put our son into an ambulance to bring him to Children's Hospital. The doctor phoned the Children's Hospital, telling them that they would probably be receiving either a comatose or a dead child. Judy wanted to ride in the ambulance, and so I went home to be with our daughter. As they were going to the hospital, they were taking his vitals, and it wasn't looking good. Judy said that as they got to Monklin, going over the railroad tracks, and some of you will know exactly where that is, they, began, they went over the railroad tracks. The paramedic was looking confused because his vitals were now getting better. And as he was, he was starting to respond, he opened his eyes. And when they got to the hospital, he was fully awake. They kept him for observation, but everything was okay. They sent him back home the very next day. Weeks later, we were walking into the, mall, into the mall, and the nurse that was in the emergency room came over to offer her condolences for her son, our son. 
we told her, our son is not dead. He is alive. What a story of God's miracle, of God being able to reach in and to roll away a boulder of rye syndrome that isn't humanly impossible to move. But God does miracles today. As the ladies arrived at the boulder, it was out of the way. They moved. They found that the stone had been rolled away from its entrance. They came to perform a ritual on Jesus. They came to perform a Jewish ritual, and they got a miracle. Perhaps Perhaps today you've joined us just because it's Easter, and that's the thing to do if you're a Christian or in a Christian nation, is come and do a Christian ritual. I don't care if you came just for a ritual today. The ladies came to do a ritual. They got a miracle. We're believing today that people who have joined us, and you didn't know that it could be different than a ritual, something you're looking back on, something just to do today called Easter. No, it can be a miracle for you, and it can be a miracle for me. So they went in, uh, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them. Now, these are actually angels from the description in the Scripture. And they've taken on kind of a human form uh, so that they're recognizable uh, to the ladies. And so what is being spoken of, the two men, is actually angels. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified, and they bowed their faces to the ground. And then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead? So they're in a tomb. They're in a cemetery. They're where dead people are. And they ask this kind of crazy question. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. This is a question not just for the ladies 2,020 years ago, but for us today. I want you to consider this very same question. Maybe you've looked for life in all of the dead places. All of us are looking to fill our lives with something meaningful, to feel like we count, to feel like we can make a difference, to feel like life has some kind of a purpose. We're looking for many people that next high that kind of brings excitement to our life that somehow convinces us that we are alive. But the question today is, Are we looking for life in all of the dead places? Because I have found in my own life that there are so many momentary feelings that I'm alive only to leave me empty, to leave me realizing that there's no life in it at all. We believe that the only true source of life is Jesus and what was offered on that very first Easter. The Bible says if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he'll change your life. You say, how can God's Spirit live in me? As we continue today, I'm going to give you that opportunity. If you have never invited God's Spirit to live in you, to find the very source of life, which is Jesus himself, we want you to find that. In fact, we've been praying today that you would find that. We try lifestyles. We we, we try so many things that literally leave us feeling more hopeless and more helpless than when we tried them in the first place. Only Jesus can give true life. Why are we seeking life in dead places when life is to be found in Jesus himself? For God so loved the world 
so much. <laughs> For God loves the world so much. When we say the world, that's not some generic term that's just talking about a nameless, faceless people. God knows your name today. In fact, he knew that you'd be with us today. Somebody prayed for you today, and God heard that prayer. I believe you're here by divine appointment. God loves you so very, very much that he gave his one and only son. Nothing can stop God's love. In fact, there's nothing you can do that would cause God to love you less. There's nothing you can do today to get God to love you more. God loves you so much. God loves each and every person. In fact, that love is relentless. That love is pursuing you. That love is chasing after you. That love, we're praying today, has found you today. God's relentless love is pursuing you. He's not mad at you. God is not disappointed with you. Easter, the point of Easter and what Jesus did 2,020 years ago was he reset the capacity that we could have relationship with God. You see, we were, we were created to have relationship with God, but sin got in the way, and sin separated that. And God put the punishment of sin upon Jesus. Jesus gladly received it for you and for me so that we could have relationship with God. God loves us so very much that Jesus proved it and said, I love you this much, as he spread his arms open wide on Calvary's cross. God loves the world so much that anybody who believes. And that's how you receive that love. That's how you bring that love into your life right now, is to believe. You say, well, I think I know about what you're talking about. That's maybe why you tuned in today. It's Easter, and I know a little bit about Easter, and I kind of know what happened at Christmas, and kind of know what happened at Easter. But this word believe doesn't mean to know. It doesn't know to think about. You maybe say, well, I've thought about it, and I kind of understand it. It's more than that. To believe means to commit to, to trust, to embrace. It's really a, 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 an all-in saying, I want to receive his love. God loves the world. How do I put a name on that? How do I put my name on God loves the world? God loves Roy. God loves you put your name in that blank. How do I make that a fact today? by believing, committing, trusting, and embracing. The moment that you do that, the moment that you decide to hold on to Jesus, your past is forgiven. The moment you do that, your sins are forgiven. And not only is your past forgotten in God's mind, but your future is rewritten. Your future is in God today. Look at this scripture uh, from Acts chapter 10, verse 43. Everyone who believes, everyone. I want everybody to say everyone today. Do it right now where you are. Everyone. Everyone who believes, there's our word, who embraces, who trusts, who commits to him, will have their sins forgiven through his name. That simply means there's no other authority, there's no other way, there's no other name for sins to be forgiven. Forgiven means to be completely wiped clean. Listen, as if you've never committed them. The guilt of your regrets, completely gone. No longer yours to carry. The shame of decisions gone wrong in your life and you wish you could have them over again, completely washed clean in your life. That shame, no longer yours 
to wear. I've heard people say, well, I kind of thought that you receive eternal life or you have a relationship with God if, if you're kind of a good person and you do enough good things. Look at this scripture. Now God says he will accept, excuse me, but now God has shown us a different way to heaven, not by being good enough. In fact, the Bible and other places say none of us is good enough. Only Jesus was good enough. His life was good enough because it was sinless. It had no sin. It didn't start with sin, and our sin was placed on him. So no one is good enough to qualify for God's love. None of us earn it. None of us can deserve it. So there's a new way the Bible says, not by being good enough and trying to keep his laws. (laughs) I've tried. It's impossible. Trying to keep his laws but a new way. Now, right now, today, now, God has shown us a different way. God will accept and acquit us, declare us not guilty if, and here's that believe word and another word, trust, if we trust Jesus Christ to take our sins away. You can trust him today. You can embrace him today. We do not have to be afraid of God today. His arms are open wide. He wants you to receive his love today. It goes on. And we can be saved in the same way by coming to Christ no matter who we are or what we were like. No matter who you are today, no matter what you've done, you're a candidate to receive God's love. Today, you can make Easter a happening event, not something that happened. Hey, maybe today you thought this was just a ritual, and I'm telling you today this is time for your miracle. <laughs> no matter what you're believing God for, God can do your miracle. But we're really anticipating today for the miracle of what the Bible calls being born again, new life, God's life in you. You can make Easter personal. You can celebrate Easter today. Maybe you came and you didn't realize that you were going to be confronted. And it is kind of a confrontation when God confronts us, not in a condemnatory way, but in being confronted with love. God's confronting you today with the good news of his love. What will you do with that good news today? He came to give you life. I came so you could have real and eternal life, more and better lives than you've ever dreamed of. That's his offer to you today. For everything, absolutely everything above and below, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. At Harvest, we truly believe that a man, a woman, a child's purpose, the reason you're here on earth, is to be found in the one who created you who wants to breathe new life in you today. And as he breathes new life in you today, he holds your your life and he holds your future. He does not only hold your life today, but your future tomorrow and your eternity. He holds your purpose. Think about it. You were created with a great purpose and we only discover that purpose when we know God. We believe that as we know God, and then we find freedom from our yesterdays. We find our freedom from the things that have brought shame and regret into our life. We believe today that not only can you know Jesus, but you can find his forgiving power, that you discover freedom 
from your yesterday, you can find that God has created you with a great purpose. And not only find out what that purpose is, you can begin to function in that purpose as you put your life into alignment with the purpose that God has for you. Indeed, the right time is now. I love this scripture. It is one of my favorites. It's saying this. Maybe you've considered giving your life to Jesus before. Maybe it has been a very, very long time since you made that decision, and you just know you're not where you should be in your relationship with Jesus today. You don't have to wait until tomorrow. You don't even have to consider this one more moment longer. No, the scriptures are speaking to you today right now, right now. The right time is now. When would I do this? Right now. Right now. I'd like to lead you in a prayer right now. As a church, we've been praying for you. As a church that believes in miracles, that believe that God is rolling away stones, that story you heard is a real story of a mom and dad who received their son literally back from the, from the dead. He didn't physically die, but he was moving that direction under a doctor's diagnosis. But God did a miracle. We want to introduce you to Jesus who loves you so very much. I'd like to lead you in a prayer right now. If it's been a long time or you've never done this, I'd like to lead you in a prayer of receiving Jesus into your heart. Would you, would you fulfill someone who's been praying for you today, this very sober but exciting moment of you finding new life? I'd like you to just simply repeat the simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me just the way I am. Today, I need you in my life. Forgive all my sin. I commit my life to you today. Make me a new person. And the best I know how, I will run after you. Amen. Oh, hey, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, we believe that the miracle of the new birth has happened in your life. In fact, the Bible says that angels are rejoicing and throwing a party right now. They're saying, Father, and they're naming your name, invited you. And, 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 the, and the, father's, the Father God's responding, I know, I heard them. And Jesus is touching you, the three in one, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are cooperating today by loving you and entering into your life. We'd like you to take one more step, uh, and, and just there's a, uh, a link uh, in the whatever platform you're watching, whether it's YouTube or Facebook today, there's a link there that says, I made a decision to commit my life to Jesus. We would love for you to click on that link. We want to be able to send you a Bible and to help you in your next steps uh, as you follow Jesus. We're not asking you to join a church today. We just want to make sure that you start your life with Jesus on two strong feet as you begin your next steps and your journey with him. Hey, if you were watching today and you have a boulder in the way in your life, we're believing right now that God can do a miracle for you. There's a number on the screen right now that you can phone and someone will pray with you in the same way that somebody prayed with Henry and Judy. Uh, they just simply made a phone call. You can make a phone call today and we're going to believe God to do some amazing miracles. 
God bless you on this great Easter that we're not looking back at, but that we're celebrating today, Easter at home. Hey, if you somehow uh, just were touched or you had an experience today, Easter at home, would you email us, Facebook message us, but somehow let us know as we could celebrate with you that you felt the presence of God and received your miracle, Easter at home, 2020. God bless you.